Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. Here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Barry, your host of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. And this is episode 29. And today we're going to be talking about prostate cancer. Now, prostate cancer is a topic that I get a lot, especially in my office, especially with something we've actually talked about on the blog very recently as well on one of our previous medical spotlights. So I wanted to make sure I bring it to the podcast listeners and make sure Everyone kind of gets a handle on what prostate cancer is and how us as the primary care physician is dealing with the phenomenon, which is prostate cancer. Today, if you want my show notes, you're going to be going to drpiersblog.com forward slash LLP 029. Again, if you want today's show notes, please go to drpiersblog.com forward slash LLP 029. And today we're going to be talking about a few things associated with prostate cancer. We're going to be talking about, you know, what actually is the prostate gland? You know, what's the function of the prostate gland? We're going to be talking about prostate cancer, of course, including risk factors, including several symptoms. And most importantly, uh, the symptom that we need to worry about on prostate cancer. Diagnosing prostate cancer. How do we do that in the primary care setting? We're going to be talking about several treatment options. And you, if you guys have been following the podcast, you know, I usually try to hold off on treatment options. But I think this is actually a good segment. We're kind of knowing what the options are will make for a better um, treatment course and better understanding of prostate cancer and understanding why it's so important. And in particular, we're not going to have a in the hospital segment, but we will have how does prostate cancer affect the African-American male? And I'm going to talk about why it's so important, especially when we talk about prostate cancer, why we really need to focus on the African-American male in this situation. So sit back and get ready for another great episode. And as always, when you're done, share, share, share. You know, don't be a stranger. And, you know, pass this knowledge on to someone that you may know. Pass this on to a family member, a friend. And, you know, get them on the right boat. Because, again, and again, if we want to prevent the preventable death, you know, you actually have to know about it. So sit back and listen to another great episode today. So talking about prostate cancer, I want to, again, start out with one of my patient stories. For those who listened to episode 28, when we talked about lupus, I had a lot of great feedback on talking about how my patient had lupus and you know how that affected me personally especially because she was my first patient so I want to again go right in we're talking about prostate cancer and I want to talk about my patient my patient is this African-American male who has been diagnosed with prostate cancer so he's already kind of went through the big stage as far as getting to the diagnosis which is just as important as far as treatment but now he's receiving treatment for the care And my patient comes to me with complaints of feeling very sweaty, feeling chills at night, and getting something what we almost would consider hot flashes. And actually, in turn, that's actually what he was getting. And that's something I want to kind of allude to as well, that for people who kind of disregard 
their their medical issues. And when the treatment time comes around, you know, you may not like the side effects, which is why, you know, I am so hard on trying to screen and prevent. Again, my motto is to prevent the preventable death. And I'm very big on that because, again, I want to help you avoid having to get menopause like symptoms because of the treatment course I have to use because, you know, we caught it too late or you weren't seeing a physician on time. So it's one of these things, especially with my patient here. And unfortunately, with the treatment course he was using for his prostate cancer, it was giving him hot flashes. It was giving him these hormonal swings that he was not used to. This is, you know, again, this course with prostate cancer being you know only affected by men. These were signs and symptoms that he just did not understand what was going on. In fact, initially, when he first came to me, he thought something was wrong with the medication. And I actually, I honestly, I had to tell you, I actually had to look it up as well, too, because I had to make sure what he was telling me was an actual common side effect. Because, again, everything he pointed to saying, yeah, this guy is likely he's having hot flashes. But that doesn't make any sense. This is a, a male. Like Men don't have hot flashes, do we? And coming to find out, we do. Especially when you're on some of the medications needed for prostate cancer to get rid of it, especially for those who want to get rid of it. Because, again, it's depending on when we catch it and uh, the severity of it. There's lots of different ways to get rid of it. And we'll talk about that later on in the, the episode. So it was very interesting, again, to kind of see this patient on the other side where, again, he's been diagnosed and now he's kind of going through the treatment course. But unfortunately, the treatment course almost seems as bad as, you know, not knowing at all. And that's something that's so important because we're going to talk about why an important symptom of prostate cancer is probably the reason why so many men die from it in the first place. So. Let's start off, we're going to again, I, I think to start off on the bare bones, when we talk about prostate cancer, you got to know what the prostate actually is and what's the function of the prostate gland. Because again, it isn't a gland that you have that does nothing in the body. It's actually very important. The prostate gland is actually this walnut-shaped gland that actually sits right below your bladder. And one of his main functions is the is a sexual reproduction organ. So a lot of times when we think about, especially in the men, we think about sexual reproductive organs. You know, we think about the penis, we think about the testicles, but the prostate is extremely important in this nature. And one of the things that the prostate does, where it does a few, but one of the things it does is that it actually helps secrete this fluid solution that actually helps protect the sperm. And it actually helps the sperm kind of flow from the testes out to the penis. And it contributes to about 30 to about 50% of sperm production in, in this course, right? Because again, it, it helps give that fluid solution that you need to go from testes out. So without the prostate gland, without the prostate gland doing what it needs to do, you are going to have some dysfunction there. So it's actually a very important organ. And even though when I, I talk about being, you know, the size of a walnut, it's so extremely important. And we know that because all of the dysfunction that you occur uh, that tends to occur when you do not have your prostate gland uh, becomes very apparent in, in that nature so when we have this prostate gland you know what what can go wrong like what can go wrong when your prostate gland isn't working to the best of its ability 
So I, I like to categorize this in about three topics. And I, I went to a little bit more detail on it on my recent Lunch and Learn. I'm sorry, my recent uh, medical spotlight. And I'll put that link in the show notes as well so you'll get an idea of what, what we're talking about. In fact, there actually is a free PDF so you can actually get the presentation on the prostate gland in general. So three things, right? We talk about the enlargement of the prostate, right? That's a lot of people here. They hear about the, the term BPH. That's uh, by nine prostatic hypertrophy of the prostate. And that comes with a slew of symptoms. Again, uh, I talk about a little bit more on the medical spotlight. So in the show notes, you'll be able to get access to that link. We talk about what happens if it gets inflamed or infected. So an infected prostate gland causes a lot of problems and especially me being in a hospital setting, it's a very common reason why we'll see a patient in a hospital setting in that regards, just that inflammation of the prostate gland due to infection, which again, isn't common. Why? Because urine infections usually don't tend to be common in men, but when it does occur, it's something we have to be very mindful for. And last but not least, of course, in the main topic of the show today, is cancer. Like what happens when we have developing cancer in the prostate gland, right? So let's let's move from there. What is prostate cancer? Prostate cancer is just from, you know, according to the CDC, the most common non-skin infection in men. And again, for those who are, you know, listening and those who have been following the blog, you know, in episode 20, I talk about how skin cancer is the most common cancer, period, especially from a number standpoint, and a lot of times when we hear about all of these different cancers, lung, breast, colon, prostate, you know, skin cancer kind of gets overlooked, but uh, understand that the numbers are significant. So if you want to, you know, take a listen to episode 20 of the podcast where I talk about skin cancer, you'll get a lot more information in there as well. So here's some numbers. So about one in six white or Hispanic men will be affected by, and by affected, I mean diagnosed with prostate cancer. And that number increases to one in five when we talk about the African-American male. And that's something that, again, we'll actually talk about towards the end of what prostate cancer does in the African-American male and why that's so important for us to focus on, especially for your uh, internists and your family physicians out there. And about, according to CDC, in 2017 alone, we expect to see about 160,000 new cases of prostate cancer. And I can tell you right now, prostate cancer is probably something that probably gets underdiagnosed. So this 160 is people who we just know happen to have prostate cancer. But I really suspect that number probably be pushing closer to 200 if we actually checked everybody who needed to be checked and everybody who you know is avoiding to be checked. So what are some of my risk factors? So when I talk about prostate cancer, what are some of the risk factors that can lead me to have prostate cancer? Age. Age is a big one, right? So number one is age. Age is a significant factor in prostate cancer. Why? Because prostate cancer tends to be a disease of the elderly. And that's how we kind of term it. It's a disease of the elderly. And the older you get, the more likely you are to get prostate cancer. Now, like I always do, I do caveat. I do have patients in my office who have suffered from prostate cancer at the age of 30, at the age of 35, at the age of 40. And even though we started at 40, you know, again, if you have a family history or you have some clinical suspicion that we need to be worried about the prostate cancer, please go get checked out today. Like, 
after you listen to the podcast, go get checked out or go get your father checked out. Go get your uncle checked out because it's extremely important because, again, that 160,000, again, is just what we know about. But there's plenty more. Race is a huge factor when we talk about prostate cancer, especially here in the United States, where white and Hispanic male, again, are affected about one in six as far as uh, those who be diagnosed. In the African-American male, that number you know goes up to one in five. In the Asian community, it's actually even a lower incidence as well. So the African-American male, so being African-American male is a significant risk factor just for prostate cancer. So pretty important and pretty pretty well known about on the the sphere of prostate cancer and it's why we need to be and i i I don't want to say are because i don't think we are it's why we need as a professional community to be much more aggressive in treating these cases especially in our african-american males and not even treating but just actually getting to the diagnosis and family history is a big one right so again if you have a father with a history of prostate cancer the incidence or the chance that your son will have prostate cancer is extremely high. If you have uncles with prostate cancer, again, the incidence is pretty high. So again, there is a genetic component associated with prostate cancer, just like there's a uh, you know the age component as well. Just like when we think about you know race and understanding that yes, racial um, demographics play a huge part in and in your office to be something that, you know, we should be really teasing and trying to get to the bottom of and making sure we're putting more of a focus. The symptoms. So I'm going to talk about a list of symptoms that are associated with prostate cancer that we should be extremely concerned about, extremely worried about when these come about. So number one, you'll start getting urinary complaints. And when I talk about urinary complaints, some patients will go to the bathroom multiple times at night. Some patients will have difficulty going to the bathroom, right? So there's like this, you know, spectrum that you can go from one end or the other. Back pain is a very common one as well because especially with prostate cancer, especially in its later stages, will actually metastasize to the bone. So a lot of times, some of the first symptoms that you experience, because again, prostate cancer is one of those cancers that you don't really notice or feel the symptoms unless it's getting to the point where it's too late. So you'll see some of your prostate cancer, the first time you see it, it's actually in uh, the, the lumbar spine. And that's the first time we even know about it. Some people will get blood in the urine. So, again, because they're straining to you know get urine out because that 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 huge prostate is sitting in the way and it's causing that obstruction. Sometimes you'll get a bloody urine sample. And and I don't mean frank blood. I mean, sometimes if you do a urinalysis, which is very standard in your primary care office and they start to notice blood in there, that's something that need, they need to be alert about as well. Sexual dysfunction. Again, I told you the prostate gland is a very important organ when we talk about reproductive system in men. So, again, if that's you know not working, you're going to see some, you know, sexual dysfunction issues. You're going to see some difficulties with ejaculation. Why? Because if the prostate gland provides the fluid that gets your semen out of your body and out the penis, and now you have a that organ that's not working, you're going to see problems there, right? So again, that's it's very important to think about, especially when we just kind of think about the backstory, right? Once you know what the prostate gland does, you kind of understand what happens when it's not working. 
And last but not least, and I think this is probably the most important thing. A majority of your prostate cancer patients will have no symptoms. So I want you to think about that. A majority of your prostate cancer patients, if you have not seen a physician in a while, if your uncle has not seen a physician in a while, if your father has not seen a physician in a while, because what they don't feel like they have a problem, that's not necessarily a good thing because the majority of patients who suffer from prostate cancer don't even know they have prostate cancer. All of these symptoms that I talked about don't even show up. And again, when they do show up, those are usually the later stages, right? We don't want these symptoms to show up because that means the problem is a lot further along than we want to talk about. So going on with these symptoms and like, well, how do I diagnose it? A very common thing where I hear a lot of my patients like to avoid talking about prostate cancer is because they don't want to have to do the digital rectal exam. They don't want to have, you know, a doctor stick stick their finger in their butt, which, again, from an anatomical standpoint, again, that's how we're going to feel how the prostate is. We're going to feel any nodules. We're going to feel any hardened lobes in the, the prostate gland. But we have to do almost like a rectal exam. And a lot of people in my office, especially the men, are very prideful. And because they're prideful, they avoid procedures that, you know, take away some of their pride. And for some reason, getting that digital rectal exam takes away some of their pride. But what I tell people is that my health is much more important than my pride. So go away. If you got to stick your finger in my butt to make sure I don't have prostate cancer, please do. And that's why I try to really point out to my patients is, yeah, we can be prideful now and skip these routine testing. Or we can be like the patient I talked about earlier today and deal with menopause symptoms because he did ignore his symptoms. And now the treatment course seems just as worse as knowing what your diagnosis is. Again, I, another, another thing, so that's number one, our digital rectal exam. Number two, again, sometimes the urinalysis is a very early test that we'll do to determine if something's going on in the urine in general. Again, we sometimes we'll see red blood cells, which can indicate blood in the urine, and that may be some of the early signs that we even know about. And most importantly, the PSA, which is a blood screening test that we do on a yearly basis. Sometimes people get it more done more frequently. But it's a blood test that we do on a yearly basis to understand what the level of your hormones is in your body because the prostate releases this PSA naturally. So it's a test that it's a hormone test that your your prostate gland release, releases naturally. But in the setting of prostate cancer, we tend to see much higher levels of it. And again, sometimes that's usually the first symptom that screams to us. And I hate to say symptom because it's really a test that we happen to do. But I can tell you what's happening now, especially with so many conflicting reports on when should we test patients, how should we, how often we should test patients. You have a lot of doctors who are kind of skipping this test, right? And it's probably one of the fundamental tests to kind of diagnose whether a patient has prostate cancer or not. And you have a lot of doctors because they're guideline chasers and not really listening to the patient. You know, they're not even ordering this test, which is extremely important in the setting of prostate cancer. Because, again, what did I say? Prostate cancer, more majority of your patients will never have a symptom. So they'll never have a symptom. They'll never have a complaint. And because we 
we're following guidelines. We're not even trying to diagnose just to make sure everything's okay. And I can tell you, I definitely do not adhere to that for my patients who, you know, once they hit 40, let's say have family history, you know, I'm, I'm checking in right then and there. And if you're African-American, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit, I'm checking even earlier because, again, I know that the African-American male suffers from prostate cancer at a much different rate than everybody else. So I want to make sure that I'm ahead of the game in that regards. Now, some of the treatment course, some of the treatment course associated with prostate cancer kind of varies. Right. And what are some of these factors that make the treatment course of prostate cancer vary from one than the other? Well, one is based on the patient's age and based on any other health and comorbidities they may be dealing with, right? Whether they're a diabetic, whether they're hypertensive, whether they have heart disease, whether they've had a stroke, whether they had all of these different functions associated with their care gives us an idea of which direction we want to point with as far as treating prostate cancer. So again, patients who are a younger age may go for a more aggressive treatment because if we can get rid of it now, we'll try to get rid of it now. Patients at an older age, we may go towards more of a conservative management. And even though when I say conservative management, I'm thinking more uh, chemotherapy radiation. So those, when we talk about that, um, the next characteristic, which is just as important when we want to treat prostate cancer is, you know, what type of cancer we're dealing with. Again, is this an early stage prostate cancer? Is this a late stage prostate cancer? And, you know, we'll know that because once we do our test that we talked about in the beginning, the PSA, the rectal exam, we usually will send my patients to a urologist and they'll actually do biopsies. They'll actually do biopsies and they'll be able to put a patient in a certain class based on the type of cancer and how aggressive their cancer is. So that's very important. So our treatment options, right? Our treatment options, you know, are in four, four, pretty much four general categories. Number one is watching or waiting. And for those who, you know, may be listening and you've heard me talk about how bad prostate cancer is, you're thinking, why would we wait? Why would we watch it? Because what's happening is a lot of the guidelines are saying that we as physicians are diagnosing prostate cancer too much. And the treatment course is actually worse off than just having the prostate cancer. And why, why is that, you know, an important caveat? Because we've done autopsy studies on patients who have passed away and passed away for reasons not related to any prostate cancer or cancer in general. Let's say a heart attack, let's say car accident, whatever. And when we've done biopsies on the prostate gland, a lot of people are showing up to have prostate cancer. So again, prostate cancer is one of these cancers that we're never sure which way it's going to present, especially from an aggression standpoint. So we don't know if the prostate cancer you have is going to be one that's so aggressive that we got to take care of it right now. Or is it going to be one that just kind of lingers on and sits there and, you know, really doesn't budge much. So that's why for some people, just depending on age and the characteristic of the prostate cancer, we'll just watch them. You know, we'll do, you know, the PSAs, which normally is done yearly. We'll actually do that every three to six months and we'll just watch for symptoms. And, and if anything starts to turn in a different direction, you know, we pounce on it. So, again, we don't necessarily go jump to treatment in terms of like when like our second option is like a radical, you know, prostatectomy, prostatectomy, which is pretty much, you know, removing the entire prostate gland. And that's a significant surgery. The reason why it's a significant surgery, again, if you go back to 
you know, the function of the prostate gland, this is a, an important player in, you know, sexual reproduction as far as our concern. And, you know, we're taking that away. So a very common side effect of this disorder is, I mean, I'm sorry, a very common side effect of this treatment is patients will start having sexual dysfunction. They'll start having issues with erection. They'll start having issues with ejaculation. So it's a very important to, you know, when we think about this radical prostatectomy, you know, what's the goal? What's the goal of, you know, what we're trying to get? We're trying to get rid of prostate cancer completely. So the patients who tend to be much more aligned with getting this are your younger patients, patients who we catch them early and what we catch is, seems to be a little aggressive. And we're like, you know what? Right now it's confined in the prostate gland because that's important. When I talked about, you know, lower back pain being a symptom, that's because the cancer is kind of already seeped out. But if we catch the cancer early enough and the cancer is just sitting in the prostate gland, sometimes taking out is the easiest choice because then we usually don't ever have to deal with it. Now, we do obviously will still continue to follow and, you know, do serial um, blood tests on a yearly year basis. But a lot of times, you know, if you catch it early and you get rid of that whole prostate gland, it's not something you tend to have to um, be a primary focus on. And our a couple other options include radiation. Radiation therapy is an option. Again, radiation tends to come in the case of a patient who has prostate cancer, but now the cancer is kind of outside of our our window of opportunity. When I say window of opportunity of getting rid of the prostate, it's already kind of spread out. It's in you know it's all over the groin and pelvic region. It's, it's sometimes hitting the bone region. It's causing bone pain. And we tend to say, you know what, let's just radiate the whole area. Let's just try to, like, knock out this whole area. And, again, you're still going to run into those same side effects, again, associated with, you know, sexual dysfunction. Because, again, you're radiating the area that's in charge of your reproductive system. So, of course, we expect to have problems. And last but not least is hormone therapy. Our, our patient we talked about earlier in the show was dealing with the treatment course of hormone therapy and he was dealing with the side effects of hormone therapy. So again, definitely something important to think about when we discuss prostate cancer because we do have several options. It's just a matter of which option is going to be right for you. And I think last but not least, I think we have to dedicate a segment on what prostate cancer does in the African-American male. Of course, if you see the picture of me or you know are watching the artwork on this podcast you understand that i am an african-american male i'm also a physician i'm an internist so i always have a soft spot for any disorder especially what it does to the african-american male right like i always want to know in particular like, okay yes you got this heart disease but how does heart disease affect the african-american male because again i'm biased right i want to know too i want to know if there's something i can do to try to prevent it so what does prostate cancer mean in African-American male? I can tell you right now, it's troubling. Because in regards to prostate cancer, right, the incidence, we talked about one in five African-American male um, of prostate cancer is higher than, than the white male, right? So it's about uh, 1.6 times higher in African-American community than the white male. It's also the rate of death, right? And this is even more important, right? The rate of death is about 2.5 times higher in patients who are African-American male versus patients who are uh, Caucasian, patients who are Hispanic. So it's definitely something that, you know, not only are more African-American males being diagnosed with prostate cancer, 
but more African-American males are dying from prostate cancer. So we, again, I say we because I'm in this category, I can't even catch a break. So not only do I have a higher chance of getting it because of my race, I do have a higher chance of now dying from it. It tends to be more aggressive in my case. And these are things that has been talked about ad nauseum of what do we do with prostate cancer in an African-American male? Because we know in an African-American male, we are less likely to receive adequate care in general. And there's been studies that have been talked about that shown that even if you factor in, you know, socioeconomic status, location, even if all of those were even, we know that African-American men tend to get less adequate care uh, than others, than other uh, subgroups, right? And then when you add on the fact that there may be some genetic biological disposition, there's been talk about diet association as well. All of these things are leading to a more aggressive tumor burden, a more aggressive incidence. So this is this is the problem, right? We got we got a lot of things to kind of deal with, especially when we talk about prostate cancer. And this is one of them, especially in the African American male, that again, you know, we have a higher incidence. It's we have a higher rate of death. And then we're treated less. Not only are we treated less, even when we get the diagnosis, we're not even getting the aggressive care. I talked about in the treatment section where I talked about possibly getting your you know prostate removed, like get it out of there. You know, that option, even though a candidate fits all of the same criteria as maybe a white Hispanic male, we're not even receiving that option to get that done. So we're losing on both fronts. We're losing that we're not receiving adequate care. We're losing that. We're not seeing the doctor to get the adequate care. And then if we do all of those things, right, we say, you know what? Nope. I listened to Dr. Barry and I want to get my prostate check. I want to, you know, get I want to get healthy. I want to get right. And then you run into a physician who's still not doing their job on their end. Right. So so I think the, the moral, especially here when we talk about prostate cancer in African-American male, is that we have to be very self-sufficient. We have to be very aggressive, just like the prostate cancer is, in trying to screen ourselves away from it. We have to be aggressive in getting the help that we need. We have to be aggressive in, you know, seeking our primary care doctors for, you know, their advice on what to do with prostate cancer. Because the African-American male, again, we are much more significantly affected by it than the other races. So because of that, we have to put a much more stronger emphasis on the treatment course. So the moral of the story, especially when we talk about prostate cancer, is get seen early and get seen often and then get aggressive when it's getting ready for treatment. And that's why I leave you here today. Thank you for listening to The Lunch and Learn. Thank you for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I hope you enjoyed that episode like I enjoyed giving you that episode for your listening pleasure. If you want, please join the community. Please tell a friend to tell a friend to join the community. I'm over at Twitter. I'm over at Facebook. I'm over, I'm even over at Pinterest. Like I'm everywhere. Everywhere where you want to be, I'm probably there. My username is pretty much the same everywhere you go. LunchLearnPod.com lunch learn pod at facebook lunch learn pod at twitter and the hashtag that we're using especially when you're listening to the episode and you want to share it and you want to tell all your friends is lunch learn pod as well all one word and before i let you go please do me a favor 
head over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, wherever you like to hear, listen to your podcast. And even if you like listening on my website, leave me a comment, leave me a review, let me know how I'm doing. Leave me even a comment to say, hey, I'd like to hear about this topic versus that topic. And I'll be gladly able to kind of squeeze that in on the schedule. And you guys continue to have a great and blessed day. And I'm going to see you guys next week.